All right, welcome to Broadlines, where we actually now have a studio and props and a chalkboard to tongue and trends and stats and all sorts of props that you probably can't read, but we're going to point at them anyway because I have a pointer and Bob's got his papers. First up, we're going to start with the Patriots and the Chiefs. we got a three-point line. To me, that's a little bit surprising. To me, to you maybe as well. <laughs> because I think the Chiefs should be better than a push on a neutral field. They're like historically good. This is a down year for the Patriots, and yet here we are. We have some weather concerns. I have some one seed trends that I think are working against the Chiefs. Meanwhile, I think the public generally favors the Chiefs. We also have a declining over under from 59 down to. You can do a lot with hey, that thing, yeah. You can do good. a hell of a whole yeah. lot with these things. Uh, down to 55 and a half. So a lot to talk about. Give me your high-level thoughts on the game. I could start with mine. On paper and on film and with the eye test, I don't think the Patriots have enough speed to keep up with the Chiefs. That much is obvious. Yet somehow, they're going to have to pick their poison. They've historically done a good job against Travis Kelsey. They got smoked by Tyree Hill. I think he scored yeah, four touchdowns three. in their yeah, last three. two. Yeah. I think it's four in their last two games. For me, I kind of like Sammy Watkins because Bill Belichick's going to have to pick his poison. Watkins might be the guy that just by osmosis goes uncovered. Still, I generally like some of the trends favoring the Patriots. Give me your high-level thoughts on the game. Yeah, I think that a lot of this has to do with experience. Um, the, the Patriots have played 38 postseason games since 2001. They're 28-10. and 10. This is their uh, 13th time in the AFC Championship game. They've been there eight straight years. Uh, so when you look at the Patriots' experience, I think that that's the most dangerous component of this. And, and when they get into these games, uh, these high-stakes games, they've been phenomenal. They've probably been arguably the best team in history uh, in this spot. And so that would be my concern for the Chiefs, who won their first playoff game uh, since 1993 last week. So when you look at it, uh, can Patrick Mahomes in his second start uh, take on a guy that's going to uh, be making his 39th postseason start? So one of the big stories there involving, when we start talking about Brady, is the weather, okay? So we have initial reports of temperatures in the teens, in the single digits, uh, I think below freezing wind chill. Turns out not the case. You're not going to believe this. Guess what the temperature has done since the initial reports? Um, what direction? What I think, direction? I think, it, I think it's going direction. up. It went, it yeah, went up, yeah. right? Guess what happened to the over-under, as we discussed? Went down. So we had a line. So first sign of value here, you had an over-under that started at 59. It's gone down to 55 and a half. It's coming back up a little bit. I think there's a little bit of value there. Part of that is because of the weather. There's still a lot of weather-related trends. It's going to be a cold game. It's going to be below freezing. We're going to be in the 20s, most likely like 22 to 24. I have some trends about Tom Brady and visitors in cold temperatures in the playoffs and overall. Tom Brady is 26-14-1 when it's freezing. He's 8-2 when it's freezing as a visitor. In the playoffs, uh, road teams are 27, 23, and 1 against the spread when it's freezing. Road underdogs are 24 and 20 against the spread when it's freezing. And here's one working against the Chiefs. One seeds when it's freezing. So the home team in the playoffs are 9 and 13 against the spread. So every weather-related trend, and oh by the way, experience in Tom Brady favors either Tom Brady or goes against the Chiefs when it comes to the weather. Yeah, there's two things that really concern me with the Patriots uh, or, you know, really taking the Chiefs in this situation when it's 25 
and under, uh, as it will be this week. The Patriots have won eight of their last ten games, uh, and their offense has been explosive. They're averaging over 30 points per game in these extreme cold weather conditions. Uh, they're 5-0 and in their last five playoff games when it's 25 and under. And uh, in their last ten games, uh, the Patriots have outscored their opponents 305 to 179 when it's 25 degrees or below. You know what that doesn't bode well for? So, I think we're in agreement. All of the weather-related trends favor New England, right? I got a couple more that favor New England general. I don't like to look at the trends and go by, this team has done this. I think with the Patriots, they're one of the few teams you can because you have a coach and a quarterback that is consistent, right? So you can kind of... Over the last 10 to 15 years, you could look at Patriots trends and say, okay, there's something here. And well, you're you not working out with a small sample like size here either. Absolutely. You're talking it's a about big a size. almost a 40-game sample. But for something like the Chiefs, you can't look and say, oh, historically, the Chiefs have done this, so we're going to go ahead and take their seeding, right? So check this out. One seeds that are averaging over 30 points per game are 7-15 and 15 against the spread in the playoffs. Teams that are averaging over 30 points per game in general, pretty similar, 16-23 and 23 against the spread in the playoffs. And teams that are averaging... Uh, over 400 yards during the regular season are 13 and 20 against the spread in the playoffs. So what does this tell you? This tells you really good high-scoring teams during the regular season typically, typically struggle against the spread in the playoffs. So now you have a team in the Patriots where all the weather-related factors are working in their favor. And oh, by the way, you got a once a high-scoring one seed, and we're going to see this in the in the Saints-Rams game as well. A high-scoring one seed typically doesn't do that well against the spread. So when you look at this line and you think, all right, it's only three points, I think the Chiefs are a lot better than that, it's a home game, it's a tough place to play, you're playing against the GOAT, first of all, in both the quarterback and the coach, and every single trend that I have here and that we could find, quite frankly, works in the favor of the Patriots. Tell me I'm crazy to take... Uh, them outright. Well, I'll give you one more uh, that, that is of a concern to me as well, if I'm backing the Chiefs in mm -hmm. this game. The Patriots are in a situation where, obviously, we've talked about the experience now. If you just go back and look at the NFL, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, a trend that worked really well for us. Quarterbacks making their first start in the postseason have really struggled, um, really, over the last 20 years or so. Now, if you look at what we have now with the championship games, quarterbacks making their first championship game start going up against a quarterback who has been there, uh, they've struggled. They're 6-12 and 12, uh, in that spot since the year 2000. They're 5-4 and four in the NFC, uh, but they're 1-8 in the AFC. And the only guy to do it was Tom Brady in his first AFC championship start. Uh, he had beaten Cordell Stewart. Uh, and so that's the only guy that's done it. Brady, against guys making their first start in this game, uh, he's 4-0. So it's a, a pretty troubling trend if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, but, but, I trust Andy Reid, damn it. I trust him. I do. Get the belly button. And there are a couple of different reasons that I trust him. And we can talk about trends, and, and I'll throw out a couple in a minute. But there are concerns here if you're a Patriots fan. I mean, it's not all, it's not all gravy. One thing that really does concern me is much experience. I, by the way, we haven't said one, so give them to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, as much as uh, as much as you look at the success that the Patriots have had in the postseason, they have not been great on the road. They're three and four uh, in natural road games. If you go neutral fields as well with the Super Bowl, they're only eight and seven. Uh, they're six and nine against the spread in those games. So they haven't had wild success outside of Foxborough, where they're twenty and three uh, in the playoffs. That's one thing. Another thing that's worth considering, um, teams that win by 14 or more points and then play in the championship game the next week at home, 8-0 straight up. Wow. Only 4-4 four and four against the spread, but you know, with such a short line in this situation, uh, you at least feel that you're going to get a push on a Kansas City win. I mm -hmm. say that, and we'll see if it comes back in 21-20. Right, yeah, yeah. sure. But, you know, when you have a team blow out another opponent and then they get to come back at home for the championship game, uh, they haven't lost. And so that would be uh, something that I would definitely lean on if I were a Kansas City fan. You also look at what the Patriots have been away from Foxborough this season. Uh, they're averaging 12 points per game less, uh, which is a huge concern. And then I have a couple other things on the board here. You look at yards per play. They're second at home in yards per play. They're 26th in the NFL away from home. That's a concern. Red zone touchdown percentage, sixth at home, 26th on the road. And then defensively, third down um, conversion percentage for opponents, they're sixth at Foxborough, but 27th away from there. And so they're a completely different team away from home and that is a concern especially when you look at the advantage and how well the Chiefs have played at home this season they're eight and one it's one of the hardest places in the NFL to play and uh, I do think that those are all problems for this team yeah and I don't know if I don't think you already said this the Patriots were three and five on the road this year straight up right and Tom Brady only has uh, three touchdowns and six interceptions in three career starts at Arrowhead so not everything necessarily works in the Patriots favor that's a one more thing uh point to this real quick. Sure. Can you read that number for me here? Oh, that one? That one. 10. Yeah, 10 and what? Oh. Okay, you know what that represents? I don't. The home team in championship games the last five years. Wow. So, uh, you know, the home team has had a ton of success uh, over the last half decade at home. Uh, you look at how poorly they are away from the home. home team the at home? Yeah. A lot of success at home? Yeah, a lot of home. <laughs> home, home, home. So, yeah, I mean, I just look at this, and I feel pretty good about it for those reasons. And when it, I'll really just go back to the first thing that you said. You said, it seems like the Kansas City's a better team. I kind of believe that. And it sort of felt like me, or to me last year, that it was the Eagles' time. I, I've been down this road before with him. I've said it before with him. But I truly kind of just feel like this is it. And by the way, Big Red versus Bill Belichick, fairly even. As an Eagles fan, we can obviously remember the Super Bowl, and then there was that second game of the season in like 2004, 2005 that were not pretty, but he's had his number a couple times over the last few years. So I, I don't know. You have a coaching advantage with Bill Belichick, but it's not like he's historically beat up on Andy Reid. We just sort of all remember the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, one other thing I, I want to just address before we move on from this entirely, uh, it's not just that the Patriots are, or, I'm sorry, that the Chiefs are winning at home, it's that they're blowing teams out. 14.8 mm -hmm. uh, point per game uh, in the positive. I mean, they're just beating teams by two touchdowns on average at home. And as bad as they are considered to be defensively, uh, they actually have limited opponents to about 17 points per game at Arrowhead this season. That's the third best mark uh, in terms of points per game allowed at home this season. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the points per game before we move on to the prop bets. I got a few more here that I couldn't stomach to write on the board. So we talked about the over-under, right? So we had an over-under of 59 
right? We mentioned this earlier. It's a start. It went down to about 55.5 in some places. It's now coming a little bit back up as the temperature is coming. Where's my air? The temperature is coming back, back up, up, right? Okay, so I got a few things here. Uh, still going to be cold. We're still going to be in the 20s. So playoff games with an over under over 45 in freezing weather. The over is only 6, 11, and 1. And when the over under is over 50, it's only 2, 5, and 1. So even though I think our reaction trying to be a little bit of sharps is to go against the public and say this line has been pushed down too far, I'm betting on the over. I'm taking the over here. But you're talking about their offense at home blowing teams out. Cold weather, and then these things, teams that average 30 points, 400 yards, go against good teams in the playoffs. So you have a lot of trends, despite how good they are, you have a lot of trends pushing against the Chiefs. So, you know, this is a tough game to call because you have these sort of high-level trends, and then you have the fact that the Chiefs are really effing good. Yeah. You know, just one thing I want to touch on with this is that much like the Eagles, uh, who have been very successful with the underplays uh, when they're at Lincoln Financial Field, it's the same thing for the Chiefs. Uh, under Andy Reid at Arrowhead Stadium, the under is 33-17-1. and uh, And what you're finding is really what we've seen this year with this team. Defensively, they're pretty good at home. Uh, actually, if you go back to 2013, they're actually allowing less points per game at home than the Seattle Seahawks do. So that's how good defensively this team has been now for a very large sample of time. And for that reason, because the defense keeps things in check, they don't have to put 38 points on the board to consistently win. And you see the offense kind of, you know, let their foot off the gas a little bit as well. It's been one of the most drastic home away uh, over under trends in football uh, over the last half decade. And so that's something that I look at. Uh, though I, I don't think that the cold is necessarily going to impact this game necessarily, I, I do wonder about Kansas City's defense. I kind of feel like that they are going to be, I, I think they're going to keep Tom Brady in check on Sunday, and for that reason, that's kind of why I like the Chiefs to win the game, and I am a little bit nervous about that total. I know they scored 83 points the first two times that they played, and you basically are giving up three touchdowns and a field goal less now, and it could still hit the over. And you're getting a lot of value. Yeah, you're getting a ton of value there that way. I just... All right, before we give the picks, I don't know. let's do the props. Do you have any props Uh, this game? Yeah, do I have do any props for this game? Yeah, go ahead. Start? All right, yeah. I got through it. My wife's calling me. Uh, I, got, I got three. All right, first off, you talked a little bit about this. Patriots have a much better running back, a uh, running game this year, okay? For, to me, for the Patriots to win the game, they can't get into a shootout. Yes, they can score. The Chiefs have a higher octane offense. Their strength is running the ball. I think you're going to see a lot of running and then those sort of short routes to James White. To me, this feels like a James White game. So I am taking 49 and a half points at DraftKings is the best prop bet on James White for the over-under. I'm taking over 49 and a half receiving yards. Receiving yards. That's a lot. That's a lot for a running back. But you're getting good value here. I think it's as high as 54 in some places. Second, I am taking, I really like this, I'm going to punt on a prop for a second. Uh, I like the over. I like the over right here for all the reasons we described. Right now, as of we're recording this on Thursday, your best value on the over is at BetStars, 55 and a half. It hasn't come up from its lowest point yet. So you get 55 and a half on the over. Or if you're at Sugar House, you can actually get the Patriots at three and a half and the over at 56 and a half. I like that too. That pays out plus 260. And here's my super punt prop bet. Uh, Sammy Watkins 
Travis Kelsey and Gronk all to score TDs plus 1,000. I believe that is at Sugar House and DraftKings. I'm going to take that as like a $10 punt. But I love James White in the over, and I love either just taking the over straight up at BetStars or grabbing it where it's parlayed with three and a half for New England. You get that extra half point, and you get the over 56 and a half. Those are my plays. I don't know if they win. I think it's going to be a one-point game. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a 31-30 sort of game. Uh, I flip that for next yeah, week. I will. Yeah, that, that's going to get the, the check mark. That's going to get a goddamn check. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant when it comes to prop bets. I'm not a huge prop guy by nature. I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. But I will say this. It, it, Tom Brady right now at FanDuel, his over-under passing yards is tw- uh, 290 and a half. Um, if you go back and look at what he's done historically in recent playoff history, he's eclipsed 290 yards in 10 of his last 12 games. Uh, it's minus 115 for the yes. Uh, that's the direction that I would go. And I just think that though it doesn't hit the home run, it doesn't pay out huge odds, it's not a, a lucrative one, just a straight up even odds bet. Uh, I, I like Brady to go over 290 and a half yards uh, in this game. I, I think that they're going to have to throw to move the ball. And, uh, you know, so I, I expect him to kind of continue to do what he's done in recent history. All right, so do you got a pick on the over-under? Are you taking the under? I don't. I really don't like the side. I'll be honest with you. I, I think it would be disingenuous to, to say I, I love every side of every game. Uh, if, if I had to make a pick, uh, I would probably take the under. I, I still think um, – I just think that this might be a little bit more of a ball control game. I actually uh, – I, I would do so reluctantly. I wouldn't lock it in, but that would be my lean. All right, and then on the spread, who are you taking and where? I like the, the – uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs uh, when, the, when the games finished last week, I, I looked at it. I said, I, I think I like this game more than any game uh, this postseason. We've been pretty successful so far. Um, I, I just feel like they're going to win the game by double digits. I really do. I just think uh, this Patriots team is kind of a, a mirage. I, I think that you have to respect what they've done, but I just don't think they're that good, and I think it's the Chiefs' time. All right. I'm taking the Patriots plus three. You can get them best value right now, Thursday night. They're minus 106 at DraftKings. That is the best value, unless you can get them at three and a half at, I believe, Sugar House, where you can parlay that with the over-under 56.5. But if you're just betting on the game and you like the Patriots, minus 106 at DraftKings is your best value. That is it for the... You like How's the camera turn? How was yeah, that? That, was good. that is it for the uh, Chiefs and the Patriots game. Uh, now we will get into the Rams and the Saints. We are here to talk about the Rams and the Saints. Three-point line, open at 3.5 in some places. I still have the arrow. We still have trends and points, and and still Big Red. Uh, this is a game where everything we have is pointing in the direction of the Saints. So let's talk about it at a high level. What are your thoughts on the game overall? We have the best four teams in football playing. This is going to be a really good game, at least on paper. This should be a great game. It was a great game when they first played back in November. Uh, it was a game that the Saints won 45-35, a ton of points, a lot of drama at the end. Uh, you know, The Rams got back into it late, but then the Saints held on. Uh, I expect this to be a really tight game, and uh, it's one of these games where, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't like the Saints. I don't like Sean Payton. I think the guy's a dick. Um, and it, it's where your head and the trends and everything that we've researched and looked at kind of points in the direction of one team. But yet, I just, I'm not sure. And so let's get into this a little bit. I think it kind of starts with the Saints' success at home in the postseason. They're 6-0 there in the Superdome under Sean Payton. It's going to be tough for them to roll in there, the Rams, and, and get a win in this rematch. Yeah, I mean, look, so every, every trend, when you talk about Saints being, at ho- Saints being at home, obviously they're very good at home. 
Then you got Jared Goff on the road. But let's talk about Jared Goff without Cooper Cup. He's averaging like something like 90 in the, the eight games without him this year. He's clearly his number one target. He's averaging something like 90 less yards per game. His QB, ever, all of his numbers are, guess what's the direction? Down without Cooper Cup. Right? The Rams' offense is not as good without him. They're also not as good on the road, like most teams, but pretty drastic splits for Goff. So Jared Goff, touchdown to interception rate at home, 22 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. On the road, what's that number? 10 and... You can't read it. 9? 9. Yeah. He's, not, he's not that good on the road. So you factor in, now you have a young quarterback who I'm still not sold on. He's probably the least good quarterback remaining in the playoffs, right? I mean, you have two like MVP Hall of Fame caliber guys here, Drew Brees, Hall of Fame, and then you got Jared Goff, who's good but not great, playing on the road in a tough situation without his top receiver in a spot where he struggles. And, oh, by the way, you have high-scoring teams. You have a high-scoring offense in the Rams. Drew Brees against the spread, teams that average over 30 points per game during the, during the regular season overall. Drew Brees, 13-3 and three against the spread in teams that can put up points because he can put up points with the best of them. So everything about this game in terms of the quarterback, the home and away splits, is working in favor of the Saints. And it's one of the biggest reasons to take the Saints, honestly, when you look at the quarterback comparison. Who do you trust? Do you trust Drew Brees or do you trust Jared Goff? And, you know, you talked about how the, the Rams' offense isn't as good without Cooper Cup, and, and that may be so. I would say it's also a very different offense. You see that it's become very run-heavy, and you saw that against the Cowboys' defense that everybody just was in love with over the second half of the season, especially. Anderson, but, I mean, they like... just, yeah, between C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think that they're going to look to establish the same type of game plan in this one. Uh, Sheldon Rankins went out early in the game last week against the Eagles. That didn't matter because they lost Brandon Brooks, and on offense, they couldn't do anything after that. The Eagles had like 99 yards of total offense after they jumped ahead 14-0 in that game. But as much as we want to talk about Drew Brees, I do wonder a little bit, is this the same guy that we make him out to be? If you look up, uh, one of the points that I have on the board here is offensively, they're scoring like 24 points a game, just a shade over 24 points a game over their last eight contests. They've struggled. They put up 20 points a week ago against an Eagles defense that was down Brandon Graham at one point. Fletcher Cox was playing on one leg for a lot of that one. The secondary was in shambles. It just hasn't been the same offensive juggernaut as it was going back to that first Eagles-Saints matchup where they dropped the 48 points on them. However, to your point about Jared Goff, I have another one for you. He's 3-9 and nine against the spread against quarterbacks who have won a Super Bowl. Uh, Drew Brees has won a Super Bowl. And I just wonder if he's going to be able to go into this hostile environment and outgun a team that has played exceptionally well at home over the last two years. Saints are 15-2 and two straight up at the Superdome. This is a tough spot and for speaking Goff. And speaking of outgunning, we, I think we left this one out too. Drew Brees 10-1 against the spread with the Saints against teams that average over 30 points per game. I'm not sure if you said that. Yeah, no, 13-3 overall, but 10-1 with the Saints. He's been out, outstanding against high-scoring offenses. So obviously it's been a different Saints offense. I think the last couple of years they realized they had opportunities to win the Super Bowl, didn't. They kind of did that Boston Red Sox thing. Remember the Red Sox like loaded up on right-handed yeah. right power hitters because they had the monster, never really pitching, never really small ball, then they started doing that, and then they've won like three or four World Series since, right? The Saints are a little bit of that story. Last year, they realized they had to get some defense and start being able to run the ball. So you have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, obviously a, a world-class two-headed monster there. And they've really beefed up the secondary. Now, Marshawn Lattimore, outstanding. 
I think their defense is better than they get credit for. They were pretty good. I would say almost really good last season, right? They were not good to start the year, and then everyone's kind of down on them, right? They are averaging giving up 14.5 points per game over their last eight if you discount giving up 33 to the Panthers. So I know that's cheating a little bit. But 14.5 points per game. They're playing very well. Part of the reason I think some of the numbers against their corners are really high, teams have to throw against them a lot, yeah. right? So you have uh, Lattimore and Eli Apple. Actually, do Lattimore's very good. Apple does a respectable job, which is why I like... Uh, with the Rams, we can talk about this in a minute. Robert Woods, I think he's going. He's got the best. Um, he's got the best matchup. He's going against uh, 109th Pro Football Focus. I don't even know his name. The corner uh, for the Saints. It's so late. He's got a good matchup. <laughs> but overall, the Saints D is really is really good. Okay, so I, I don't know that. I just think they're very well balanced. They looked really good last week. That is the worst that Nick Foles' offense has looked since the Bucks game early in the season, and this is after the, the Eagles beat the Rams and beat the Texans and beat the Bears. Like, they moved the ball against good teams, and they really struggled against the Saints after those first two drives. I think the Saints' day is better, and I, I, I can't even make a case for the Rams in this game. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. They're going to have to throw a lot. Like you said, their running game has been better, the Saints are the better team. The Rams are probably playing from behind, and the only guy that really, I think, has a good matchup is Robert Woods. That can't be their whole offense. Yeah, I mean, it's really just going to come down to can they run the football. The Saints have been very good against the run this season. They're a top-five run defense, really top-two run defense in the NFL. How much does Rankins being out affect their ability to stop the run this week? If the Rams can control the line of scrimmage like they did against the Cowboys last week, then they're going to be successful. You put Jared Goff in third and short, third and medium range situations, I think he'll be okay. I really do. Um, if you get him in those third and longs, I doubt his ability to convert in those situations. There's a couple other aspects, though, about this game that I want to touch on real quick. Uh, and I have it on the board here. Uh, in the last two years, uh, 16 games, and if you count the postseason game, obviously, in the last 17 games for the Rams, they've only been an underdog three times. And that includes the first matchup when they were in New Orleans. They were favored in that game. So this is really unfamiliar territory. They haven't been an underdog in any game since December of last season against the Seahawks, and they blew them out of the water. They won the game by like 35 points. So I'm really interested to see how they respond in this role. They are unfamiliar there. One concern I do have a little bit of, I would say, I don't even know if it's a concern, but one thing I, I kind of find interesting about the Saints the Saints had a lot of success in the middle of the season against the spread. They actually lost their first two games, and they ripped off nine covers in a row. But they're 1-5 over their last six games against the number. And I just wonder, are they really the team to beat moving forward, not only this weekend in the Super Bowl? Because when you look at the Vegas odds, I mean, it's they should win it. They're expected to win it, and almost overwhelmingly so. But I just kind of wonder about their ability to, to really run away from teams. I know it's a short number, but they haven't been good against the spread lately, and I just wonder, is this team still firing all on cylinders? You talked about how good their defense has been in recent weeks, but if you go back over their last eight games, they're only scoring 24 points per game. So this isn't the same explosive offense that it was earlier in this season. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I, I think the line is a little bit interesting because this year you had you had this story of the road dogs, right? Yeah. I think there's been a lot of public action on the road dogs. Therefore, you got this line depressed a little bit. It started at three and a half. It's come down to three. Typically not a great sign. I love going against kind of like the general consensus here. 
I think, you know, at home, and again, it's concerning because at home, the Saints, whereas most home teams are a three-point favorite, they effectively get that extra point for their home field advantage, the turf, the dome, all of that stuff. The fact that it's down to three, that gives me a lot of value there, and that's why I like it. Uh, another, another point here, in the playoffs, right? In the playoffs, teams that average 30 points per game are 16 and 23 against the spread. Uh, road teams that average 400 yards per game, or teams that average 400 yards per game are 13 and 20 against the spread. Now, one of these applies to the Saints, but these are numbers that also kind of work against the Rams. And then there's a, a crazy road dogs. It's like road dogs uh, in a dome on the road in the playoffs are 0 and 2 uh, if they average 400 points or uh, 400 yards per game. I know that's like a super small sample size, but there's a lot working against the Rams in this game. Yeah, there is. Do you have any prop bets? Uh, yeah, I actually like uh, Alvin Kamara. He was held uh, without a score a week ago against the Eagles. I think they'd like to establish him early in this football game, make him a little bit more of a focal point if possible. Uh, and so I like him to score a touchdown in the first half, uh, and you get plus 165 at FanDuel with that. So Robert Woods, uh, the corner he's going up against is P.J. Williams. He's uh, pro football focus. He's uh, number 109 in coverage out of 119. Uh, a quick he's thing on P.J. Williams. You know who P.J. Williams is and why he's important in postseason history? Go for it. He's the one that gave up the touchdown to Stephon Diggs there you go. last season. There you go. So I like Robert Woods over under receiving yards, 74 and a half. Your best value there is at DraftKings. In some spots, he's up. Uh, BetStars has an odds boost where he's got like 79 receiving. Somehow that's a boost to take the over at 79. You can get it 74.5 tonight, Thursday night at FanDuel. I like that a lot. I don't really have any opinion on the over-under. I think this is probably a game that goes over. There's really no reason why it shouldn't. That said, the Saints D is a little bit better than I think they get credit for, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win by two touchdowns. One word game. on that real quick, talking totals. Uh, Bill Vinovich is your referee in this game. Last three seasons, the unders 29-18-1. and one. Uh, and so he has been a ref that has uh, been fewer penalty yardage. Uh, I'm sorry, fewer penalty yards in his game, uh, almost by like 22%. Uh, and that's kind of held scoring in check. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, you're talking about two potent offenses inside, uh, a relatively attainable number considering they scored 80 points in the first matchup. But um, just just something to keep an eye on. Do you have a pick? Uh, I do. Uh, we have all this information. It's all pro New Orleans. Um, Jared Goff oh, scares be, the hell out of me. He's he does. Contrarian. Um, I, one other thing I'll say, and we kind of didn't even touch on this, 10-0 uh, teams in the uh, championship game the last five years. So uh, that's something that's really worth looking at. And the last team to win on the road uh, was the 2012 Niners in the NFC championship game. All that said, I still like L.A. I just like the way that they're running the football. I just don't think that this Saints team is the same team that people think it is. And the public, I think, is kind of on it. The sharp money has been on L.A. early this week, and I just think there's a reason for it. So I'm going to kind of go against the research here, and I'm going to roll with the Rams. Okay, there's too much point in the favor of the Saints. I think their D is better than they get credit for. If this doesn't become a shootout, things going to win it. Is the Saints defense? Is their corners? Robert Woods the only hope for the Rams, in my view. So if I am taking the Saints minus three right now, the bet... By the way, start at three and a half. So you're getting value here. You're getting a three-point line on the Saints at home when they're the one seed. Got to take that all day, every day. At Bet Stars, it's minus 120. I believe that's the best value as of Thursday night that you get. Send it into Big Red. Uh, we like the Saints. You got anything else? No. So that's it. There's the camera turn. How was that?
was that? Yeah, it was, was good. The good. I got With the arrow, arrow here. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the Saints and the Rams. Be sure to follow us. Uh, we got more broad lines betting stuff coming up. We're going to have content hopefully every day. Uh, once we're into baseball season, we're going to have daily baseball videos. Like, we're going to get real weird around here. Anyway, we'll get some props. We got, we're working on the set. Be sure to hit the follow button. Where's my arrow? Be sure to hit the follow button, like, subscribe. Wherever you're watching, just follow it, and we'll point in the direction of, uh, of uh, more betting videos. And subscribe. Get the notification squad. I don't even know how that works on YouTube, but I guess you'll get a ping when we put the video up there. We'll, uh, we'll see you next time.